What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. And yo, got another dope episode for y'all this week. Again, I say that every week, but listen, every week, it is just absolutely true. But first, before I dive in with our guest this week, I wanted to share a few dope ways for you to continue to support the show. Number one, like always, like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really, really helps folks discover the show. Number two, follow RTWD on IG at RTWD Podcast. And number three, by financially supporting the show. There are two ways that you can do this by joining the Patreon page, or you can do a one-time donation on our coffee page. By financially supporting the show, you are literally, and I mean literally, helping the show run because this thing ain't free. Also, a big shout out to those who are already in the real fam supporting the show. Thank you so much. A thousand thank yous. Um, I have something coming up for y'all. That is a surprise though. All right, now on to my guest. This week, I am joined by Lakia Cherry. Excuse me, Dr. Lakia Cherry. She is an executive leadership coach who has dedicated her career to the growth and development of individuals and the organizations they are a part of. She's also an ICF certified coach, a starting block fellow, a Google I Am Remarkable facilitator, and a certified Dare to Lead facilitator. She believes that when leaders are empowered to reach their fullest potential, they will be able to support those around them more effectively. She is also a writer with her work found in publications such as Medium.com, just to name one, and she is also a founder of her own coaching and consulting business called Lakia Cherry LLC. We had a great conversation just talking about what it's like breaking the mold and stepping out into things that you want to do even when it's scary and finding the courage and bravery to do it still and ultimately hyping yourself up looking yourself in the mirror and knowing that you have all the tools all the skills all the knowledge to accomplish what you want to and sometimes what you dream to i cannot wait for y'all to get to know dr cherry this is a fun conversation i know you're going to enjoy it all right y'all here's dr lakia cherry and thank you so much for you know coming onto the show, um, being willing to share who you are and a little bit about your story. Um, I've been looking forward to this you know all weekend, um, getting to talk to you. So um, I'm really really excited to uh, have you share with the real fam a little bit about your journey and who you are. I love it. I'm excited too. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I read a little bit about your bio, but I would love for you to share just like any tidbits about who you are, um, just so that you know the real fam can get to know you from you. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, who Lakia Cherry is. Who is Lakia Cherry? Good question. Mm-hmm. I think in many ways, I'm still trying to figure that out myself where, you know, you have mm-hmm. titles, you have accolades, you know where you're from, but the older you get, mm-hmm. you're still like kind of discovering new aspects of yourself. But the part from the mm-hmm. bio that I think people would want to know, I have my doctorate degree, so I'm Dr. Lakia yeah. Cherry. Which was a win. Oh, that's my bad. I should have. I know, Doctor La- Jonathan. Let's yeah, get this correct. <laughs> yes. So I have my doctorate degree. I graduated from mm. USC um, 
Go Trojans in 2020. So this is something I'm still adjusting to. It's this new aspect of my identity that's still somewhat surreal. Um, who else am I? I'm from San Bernardino, California, but I'm residing in San Diego. San Diego is home now and I like it. Other things yes. about me, my background is in social work. I am a nonprofit executive and I own my own coaching and consulting business. I'm also a partner at a startup boutique coaching firm called Evolution. So I am wearing many hats and I like all of them. Yes. I love the like multi-hyphenate, you know. Um, just like grinding, doing your thing, doing all kinds of stuff. I, I love to see it. I love to, I, I, I'm living it. So I feel, that. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have done my Googles on you, um, obviously doing my research, you know, cause I am astute. I don't have my glasses. You are on, astute. So. Anyways. So, <laughs> um, so I, I'm curious, like you've done so much, um, and you also do like blogging, writing, um, consulting, coaching, your executive, like where you know, where does that drive that, 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 you know, overachieving, um, like gene come from, come from for you? I know where it comes from for me, but I'm curious. That's a good question. I mean, I'm learning now that part of it is perfectionism, but we're not going to go there today. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I just say it comes <laughs> from my upbringing. And so okay. I grew up in single parent working class household where my mom mm. worked numerous jobs in order to make ends meet. Um, I am yeah. a first-generation college student, and growing up in San Bernardino, my grandparents, especially my grandfather, who has a military background, they were always, always encouraging me to work hard so that I could be the first in the family to go to college. And so my grandfather mm -hmm. would talk about you know, growing up in a family in Houston with so many family members and growing up in poverty and the toll that played on him and his life, as well as the lack of opportunity mm. as a black man, and how now that he had retired from the service, um, it was really important for him to make sure that his children, as well as his grandchildren, had the opportunities that he wasn't necessarily afforded. And so for me, I took that to heart. And so I busted mm. my behind in school um, I really cared about those gold stars and those stickers and you know the pizza coupons for reading books yep. I yep, love yep. that stuff like I literally was driven by those accolades and those rewards and it served me well for the most part but I'm also now learning that I shouldn't just be chasing those accolades I need to step back and actually appreciate and recognize what I have done Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I, I can resonate so much with like that perfectionism, that drive to like do it. Cause like, you know, my mom is given a lot, my, my grandparents are given a lot, all those different things. And so I, I, I'm trying my best um, to represent and not like squander the opportunities that I've been given. And, you know, and I, I also feel that like part two of where, you know, I want to be successful at this point. I want to be successful, not based off of like, those perfectionism things are like even some of the things in my past that I've shared on this podcast plenty of times uh, that we won't dive into <laughs> right now. But like, uh, but, um, but now I want to be successful because like, I know that I can, I know that, you know, the, the work that I'm doing is impactful. The work that I'm doing is, is for the betterment of not just like my community, but the people that are, my clients, my, um, the people that are listening and tuning into the podcast and everything like that. And so I, I genuinely want to do a good job. Um, because like, yo, like I really like and enjoy what I do. Um, and it's kind of like 
just ingrained in me at this point. It's just like, you know, what's the point of doing something if you're not going to do it really, really well? Yeah. <laughs> um, and also having fun too, right? Um, so I definitely yeah, relate to yeah. that. I think before it was kind of chasing opportunities to be seen and to prove yourself, but also survival. It's, mm. I'm good. Trust me. Give me this opportunity. I need this. Mm-hmm. I'm here to blah, blah, blah. And then you get it. And then you're still worried that you don't belong. You're so worried that it might be taken away, but you want them to still see you so that you can stay there and still have kind of like that stability that perhaps you didn't have growing up. That was long-winded, mm-hmm. but I know you know what I mean. And then now, yeah. in relation to what you're saying, it's more so, I belong here, and I have gifts and talents. Let me use this for good and to teach and educate other people and to support other people who perhaps were like me beforehand, who need that additional nudge, that additional support. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm curious for you because like, I know that it's been for me, like why I've been so interested in like mentorship, coaching, um, started my own business and, and doing that. And even working with organizations on the consulting side of my business of like, Hey, this is how you can foster a community and a culture of like leaders that like care about their employees. And when I mean care, it's not like this interpersonal, like, oh man, like tell me everything. It's the, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like care for their well-being and the mo- and their dignity and their humanity and, and, and validating their experiences. Um, I know that you have your own um, coaching and consulting practice. And as you mentioned, the partner um, at this company called Evolution. Um, yeah, can we can we like dive into that a little bit more uh, about your work with um, as a coach and everything like that? I know you're certified... Um, Oh my gosh, Brene Brown. Dare to lead, Dare facilitator. To lead. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, and you've, I've seen some of the the workshops that you're putting on through LinkedIn and everything like that. Can you tell us more about like, yo, how did you get into that? What brought you into that world? Um, yeah, because you're even certified through ICF as well, I'm right? Certified through ICF. I'm a Google. I yeah. am remarkable facilitator. Again, doing mm-hmm. too much, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. It all serves its purpose. purpose. Yeah, it all serves its purpose. So coaching and consulting. uh, So as I mentioned, I've been a nonprofit executive for, I didn't even say how long, but almost nine years. And so being in Mm. this role, it was my first time ever being an executive. I immediately started worrying about failing. Like I thought, oh my gosh, why did I say yes? I've never done this. I don't know how to do this. I don't have role models of others around me who have done this, who can kind of guide me. So I sought out executive coaching. My coach Mm. was fantastic. I had never even heard of coaching, not in relation to helping people develop in the work sense. I had always heard of Mm. coaching in relation to sports. And so after having my coach, especially as a social worker, I kept thinking, we do this. Social workers coach. Social workers Mm. do this all the time with the people they're serving, especially if you're a social worker who's a therapist, you have these same skills, you can coach. And I just had never thought of it in that way. And within my circles, no one was talking about coaching in that way. And having Mm. experienced a coach who was fantastic and who really helped me to kind of iron out what it is that I was seeking, to have better boundaries, to weigh pros and cons before making a decision, to 
allocate my time a little bit more effectively. All these things that you think we know, but we don't necessarily know or do in the best way. Mm -hmm. My coach helped me with these things. So I decided Mm -hmm. I could do this. I'm going to become a coach. I told a few people that I wanted to become a coach and they said, why? You're a social worker. Like you're, you already have the skills. (laughs) Like why do you need to become a coach when as a social worker, you already have these skills and you've already been taught these things through your academic Mm -hmm. training. But for me, I feel that there's still a distinction. And I feel that even if I already had some of the skills, I'm not one who likes the people who just randomly say, I'm a coach without any formalized training. And so I wanted to go through a formalized program to become a coach, as opposed to just attaching that label to myself. And I did. It took a while. It took, geez, it took over five years for me to actually go through a coaching program and become a coach. But one of the reasons I finally did it was when I was in my doctoral program, I started a program called Change Makers of Color. That was focused Mm -hmm. on addressing the racial leadership gap within the nonprofit sector. So I realized that we have systemic issues and that these systems weren't designed for people who look like you and me, Jonathan. But I realized that there's also supports that we could have access to that could give us a little bit more of an advantage when we're applying for a job or we're seeking an opportunity. And one of those things is coaching. And so in my program, I sought to match people of color based in California with executive coaches of color. And I couldn't find any. Mm. I literally could not find any executive coaches of color. And I started doing searches Mm -hmm. and I realized that coaching is primarily white as well, just like every other sector. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I needed to help diversify the sector by becoming one of the coaches um, that's out there and that's available to people. And so that was kind of like how I started. Now, just like you, I started my business a few years ago, um, still trying to find my way as a new coach in this space. Yeah, no, I love that. And thanks so much for sharing that. I, I appreciate the journey. It's like, I, I, I always love hearing the story and the journey because like, it's very similar of like why I, I became a coach. Like a friend of mine um, was becoming a coach and I had never heard of it before. I've been playing sports, you know, since I was eight years old and doing that. And like, that's the context of a coach I heard. And then you kind of like hear sometimes like, oh, a life coach. And it, it sounds kind of like, woo, you're like, whatever, what is that, <laughs> you know? Um, or see like, you know, like the stuff on Instagram of like, get yourself a coach, you know, you'll get like six figures, which I got to be honest, I always like get on this soapbox is like, it, it, it doesn't happen like that. <laughs> like the coaching process Not is, for me. is long. Doesn't, it just, yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah. I've, I haven't experienced, you know, anyways. Yeah. So it, you know, anyways. All right. So um, it's, it's a, uh, so it's um so like when I went through just like those when she was going through her coaching program and then like she just said hey I need some hours and she coached me a little bit I was like wow I've never had anybody like ask me questions like this or like come back and make sure I was on track like I'm like you mentioned like there are things that you think you know these are things that like you probably are capable of but to have somebody who has a different perspective and are able to like hey this is what you said you wanted to do let's like you know stay on track here um, and really like challenge you and push you is like a game changer. Um, and so like years, it took me a few years as well to like get to the point where I 
took that, uh, went through a certification program and I'm working on my credential right now through ICF. But to have like that formalized training to like put together like my method of how I work with people, it's like, it is, it really is a game changer. Like to chill, ask questions, relax, you know, um, recognize that they're fully capable human beings. They just need a little support, you know? Um, And knowing the difference between help and support, it's like a, it's really cool. So thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like reliving all my No, no, my of course. Like you said, like it's a game changer. And the biggest part about what you mentioned is the accountability piece. Because mm-hmm, so many mm-hmm. of us, no matter what we've done, what we've accomplished, if there's no one there to hold us accountable, it's easy to let our goals and our dreams just fall on the wayside. And so having someone mm-hmm. circle back and be like, yo, Jonathan, like, I thought you said you were starting a business next year where are you with that you're like oh yeah Yeah. thanks (laughs) (laughs) you're right i did and sometimes i feel bad because i'm like i don't want to i'm i'm not like i'm holding you accountable to the things you said you said those words so i'm just like sharing it with you you know what i'm saying like if anything i'm just reminding you of you uh reminding you of what you said and like you just you know i'm a mirror so you're holding yourself accountable i'm just saying what you said <laughs> um but no I, I and even to piggyback off of that i was talking to somebody last week and he was saying um he's a executive coach he's been doing it for 25 plus years um and he was saying like you know there are there are people when you write something down it becomes a must do like that's how powerful writing things down is and there's a difference between must do and a like to do mm. And he said, a like to do is like those things that are just going to fall by the wayside. If you have things that you really want to do on your list, like you say you always want to travel the world or, you know, you know, climb a mountain or do whatever. And you have that on your like to do list and you say, I really want to do that. That's not something you really want to do because it's not a must do. Right. And he said, like, I really wanted to travel the world. So I put that on my must do list. I really wanted to be on all 50 states. So I put that on my must do list and I did whatever I, I could to make those things happen. And I'm like, yo. You just changed my life, girl. <laughs> no, you just changed my life. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dang, like do, must do. It makes sense, though, because even for myself, there are so many things that I want to do, but I know as soon as I put that on paper or tell other people, I could be held accountable, including being held accountable to myself. And so I have to really mm-hmm. be ready if I'm going to put it on paper for myself or tell someone else out loud, because, and many of us aren't there. Mm. That's reality too. Many of us aren't there, but if you are there and you need that extra boost of support, that's when you come to coaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm just trying to think (laughs) of like how many things I've said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's my, that's my like, that's my like guilty. Like I'm just remembering stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just remembering like all the things I have said that I want to do. Like, and the reason why I didn't like communicate those things to anybody or just kept talking about them, just like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. You know what I'm saying? It's, It's whatever. It's whatever. Cause I was like waiting for other people to validate my dream before I like validated my own dream. Like going back to what we were talking about before, just like, I'm do this because I want to do this. I don't need anybody to validate my dream because it's my dream. I'm going to do it because I, I believe in it. Um, and it's just like, wild. like my business, common culture, this podcast, um, what other things? There's other things that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, but I'm just like, yo, like, let's just like make it happen. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need anybody to validate my, my stuff. But like, we're taught, it's good enough. Let's we're do taught it. the opposite. I mean, myself mm. too you can't move forward until you get others to validate your dreams. 
Mm, where mm, it's, mm. who I want to start this podcast. I'm thinking it's going to be called blah, blah, blah. And then you tell like five of your friends, hey, I'm thinking of starting this podcast. What do you think? And you're wanting them to be as excited and as energized. And the issue with it is if they're not, are you still mm-hmm. energized and willing to move forward? And oftentimes we'll let other people kill our dream before we even move forward, which goes back to your point of we need to stop asking everyone for validation. Lakia, you better say that word. That's a word. <laughs> <laughs> you better say that word. Yeah. I'm just following your lead. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I think, um, and I, I, I don't think that social media has helped with that because like, you know, I feel like, yeah, I have a love-hate relationship, and I've said this plenty of times in this podcast. I have a love-hate relationship with, with, with social media because, like, there's cool, you see funny stuff. You see, like, cool pictures. You see cool videos. You see, like, the creative things that people do. You can It's ways to, like, stay connected with folks that, you know, you can't otherwise do and know what's up. But also, it's, like, there's other people that are just, like, shows all these highlight reels, which is dope. Like, show your highlight reels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then, like, you get this perception in your mind, in the back of your mind of, like, how many likes am I going to get if I like really share this out of what I'm doing? And like that might equal, um, that might equal how good this idea is, which in fact, it's not true. Like there's sometimes I just don't get excited about something like that is dope, but not dope for me. Like it's dope for somebody. There's 7 billion people in the world, but just not me, you know? Um, and so like, I, I sometimes get caught up in the likes and some get, times get caught up in the downloads and everything like that. And just really continuing to, to play on that. But like the new tape that I'm trying to put in my, my little, mental cassette player is like um, not a cd player like, but a cassette player <laughs> hey you know I, sometimes you got to go with the classics you know what i'm saying <laughs> i like that vinyl, um, right <laughs> yeah yeah but um just like yo um your ideas are valid your ideas are great your ideas are wonderful do them just do them do it do it do it um and uh yeah that's the, like the new tape that i'm trying to run in my mind um especially as of late and just being like a solopreneur because this stuff I don't know how some folks do this. It's challenging, thing. This right? Thing is like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. So back to your social media point. I'm right there with you where I understand marketing and I understand the importance of it, but mm-hmm. you're not going to see me on TikTok promoting coaching. I'm just not yeah. going to do it. I'm mm-hmm. likely not going to do a real dancing to get you to check out my website there's just different Mm -hmm. things that is not me and I don't feel like it's part of my brand where if you're seeking executive coaching or coacher support for your organization I highly doubt I mean it may happen but I highly Mm -hmm. doubt you're going to browse TikTok or Instagram and say "Ooh, her dance moves and her website convinced me that she's the coach for this executive at our organization or to lead this workshop on trust. And so, I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's, it's something that a lot of us do. I mean, you still need to have a presence. You still need to market, but you need to figure out what's comfortable for you. And that's something that I'm currently wrestling with as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like what is your, and that's a great point. Like, what is your brand? What what makes sense for you? Because, like, dancing is not going to make sense for me. Like, your boy can move. Like, I got moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to, you know. But, I like, the, the, but the, uh, but it just literally does not make sense for me to do dance moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do this, like, um, and those who follow my personal Instagram, um, sometimes me and my partner, we love to cook. And one of the things that I love to do is video, like, 
do recordings of her when and just like act a fool. Like it, I've always done that all my life. Um, and like I do this thing, this segment called Dinner with the Dumas, and literally I just act a fool on there and just be like, "We got chicken, we got celery, we got," and this like go and just like be loud and really obnoxious. She rolls her eyes. It's hilarious. That's funny. That is funny. That's like, that's like me though. That's like me, but that's not RTWD. <laughs> that's not comic culture. Um, uh, and I rarely do that now because like honestly, I got too over. Like it's too much, right? Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too much to like go back edit. Lens, that didn't go. Your reaction wasn't on point. Like, let's come on. Oh, you mean you, you weren't re- just posting me. it naturally? <laughs> we were getting the edited version. <laughs> uh, well, well, well. I started to get to that point. See the power of social media. This is what it does to us. Um, it was natural, and then it wasn't anymore. So, um, so I like to just you know be be me. Like, what are some authentic ways to show up in the world that is just like. Yo, like this is it. You know what I'm saying? If you're rocking with it, you're rocking with it. If you're not, you're not. And that's totally fine. Um, there are so many people and working out of a place of abundance, right? And not not scarcity, because that scarcity mindset sometimes has me trapped of like, oh man. Me too. I didn't get I didn't get two or three new clients this week or this this month or Jeez, per yo, week. I didn't hit my goal. You're trying to get two to no, three. No, 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 not week. week, not week, not week, not week. That's wild. That's wild. That that's if you get two or three, write it down, Jonathan. Per write week, it down. <laughs> I know, I know. So come on now, come on now, come on. Uh, but, but just like I didn't hit my like client goal, I didn't hit my whatever goal. It, it's just like, ah. Uh. But, but again, it's like continue to show up, show up, continue to do it, continue to do it, continue to do it, continue to create, continue to do that thing, um, because like what you do matters, what you say matters. Not for everybody, but you know, you get what I'm saying. We're talking about real stuff. We're not, you know. No, let's fit and fresh or whatever the name is. Let's literally like touch on that, like scarcity versus abundance a little bit, because Mm. I didn't realize that I've always had a scarcity mindset. It wasn't until Mm. someone pointed it out, like, listen, you've done all of this. You've accomplished all of this. Why are you so worried that your business isn't going to be successful? Why are you? How come you don't think you're going to get a coaching client? You Mm. haven't even tried yet, and you're already psyching yourself out. And it Mm. wasn't until someone, again, put that mirror in front of me and had me confront the negative self-talk that I was giving myself that I realized, Mm. okay, this isn't conducive to my own mental well-being, but it's not good for my business, too. Like, if I am actively Mm. trying Mm. to grow this business, I really need to adopt a abundance mindset. And, you know, sometimes I'm you know I don't know and then I check myself so as soon as I start feeling those doubts and those insecurities because they're still going to happen I just quickly check myself as opposed to wallowing and self-despair and going down you know that other direction and again that's oftentimes due to how we were brought up how we've been conditioned in society but now my mindset Mm -hmm. is I don't understand fully how this works This is my first time doing it, but I have all of the tools that I need to be successful and the tools that I don't have, I have the ability to use Google, (laughs) network, connect, and outreach to others who have more insight and who can support me. I also have people in my corner who are going to have my back, who have done something similar, who can guide me and teach me best practices. But then also there's still that part of, we are going to fail at some things, Jonathan, unfortunately, like we are Mm -hmm. going to fail. Like 
hopefully not too many things, but <laughs> but the reality is how do we learn and how do we grow if we don't take these chances? Absolutely. And that's, and that's the word. I, I love how you even framed it of like, you know, like if I, even if I don't have all the things to, to, to accomplish this, I have the tools to learn how to do it. I have the support to like get me to this point of figuring it out. And even if I don't, it's going to be all right. I learned something and then next time I'll know better. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just like, let's fall forward. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, um, there are plenty of people that have failed so hard, so publicly, um, that should not be in the positions that they are in and yet and still, they are still present and like thriving and millionaires and all that stuff. So like, (laughs) yeah. And so like for me, like, and and for us, you know what I'm saying? An everyday person of like, yeah, I did not do so well on this, you know, pitch meeting or this pitch call with this, this potential consulting client. There are plenty of other businesses that want to work with me that need my services. What can I take away from there? You know what I'm saying? What can I, do I need to frame that differently? Do I need to do this differently? Do I need to do this differently? Probably. Yeah. And so like, let's, let's hit it next time. Um, and even workshop it with the, with your support system. Um, I, I, I really do love that. I, I even think back to like, I was talking to somebody. I don't remember who I was talking to. We were just talking about like how healing commu- like a community presence can be, like a support system can be because there's so much wisdom and knowledge that exists there, but also of just like encouragement, um, empowerment, uh, belief in you and your dream and everything like that not to a point that is you know like the like that like unhealthy like validation of the work that you're trying to do or of your dream but of just like saying like i have seen the work that you've put in i've seen everything that you've done keep going like don't give up on this thing keep going like that's what i'm talking about which is like a game changer for, for i mean it's been a game changer for me um, it sounds like it'd been a game changer for you, and just to have people in your corner like that, it's just like, gum. Like it's just like <laughs> it it's, means everything, <laughs> like and that's I mean, yeah. we need to support each other. We need to celebrate each other. We need to congratulate each other, and we don't do it enough. But it is that little extra dose of fire or inspiration. I know for myself when I'm feeling down, and then someone retweets with a comment you know, this is so awesome that Lakia is doing such and such, or I met Lakia here. This is great. These workshops she's doing for black women, or I post something about public speaking and they're just like, I'm so proud of you. The other day, Mm. you know, this, I did a keynote for a union and typically I'm nervous because I don't love public speaking because I'm in my head a lot and I'm thinking about any and everything that could go wrong. But with this particular opportunity, I was super excited. And it was weird for me because normally I'm nervous. Normally I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to mess up. This is going to ruin my life. I'm never going to get an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I will quickly yeah. go down that rabbit hole. I, I'm same, same way, but same for way. This it's, one, it's not good. <laughs> I reframed and in my head, I told myself it's going to go well. So one, it's going to go well, but... Mm. If for some reason it doesn't, what can I learn from this and how can I use this material moving forward to inspire and motivate other people? And so it went well and I learned a lot about myself 
in the process. One, that I need to show up in new spaces more. I need to bet on mm-hmm. myself more, but also that there's going to be people later on who are going to support me and rally for me and uplift me. And so a lot of this is learning. It's literally throwing yourself in that arena and, yeah. you know, fighting for your life a little bit, <laughs> your livelihood, yeah, honestly, your business. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, Throwing yourself in the arena. I know what you did. There. <laughs> shout out there. Shout out there to lead. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had to. I wondered if you would catch that. <laughs> yeah. No, I read that book. I saw what you did. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you certified and everything. Go ahead. Um, yeah, but for real, it is like really like putting yourself out there, and I, it, it can be like incredibly vulnerable. And like one of the things that I've heard about entrepreneurship before I, I jumped in on doing it full time was that like, it can be one of the most vulnerable things that you do because it reveals so much about like who you are and it truly has. Um, but I will talk about all like the good things that it has. It, it is showing me like how persevering I am. Mm-hmm. It is showing that like, I am unafraid to like try new things. Well, hold on. <laughs> I am terrified. I am terrified uh, to try new things, but I have the courage to do it anyway. Yep. Um, uh, like, a, like a level of bravery that I didn't have, like this confidence that I didn't, I didn't, that I forgot that I had all these different things to, to like, just like do it, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think, um, the workshops that I put on, um, I've just been like blown away of like, wow, y'all, y'all like the stuff that I'm doing. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just wild and and humbling all in the, uh, all in the best, best, best ways. And like, I think I'm trying to capture and bottle that, um, going back to like that validation thing of like not being validated because I didn't believe in my dream, but being, but you showing up like other people showing up or other people validating my dream. And that being like, that's, that's, that's a, what is it? Affirming of the mm-hmm. things that I already knew about this thing. Like I knew that it was going to be successful. I'm glad that you caught up. I'm glad that you're catching up to, to what I'm seeing, yeah. you know, of my vision, of my mission, all that other stuff. So like I'm trying to bottle those moments because like those are the moments where I, I like walk out of my room or walk away from my desk and be like, yeah, I just did that. You know what I'm saying? That's it. <laughs> Is know? that what you do? <laughs> um, a little pat like, on the shoulder, that, like, like okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like you know, I did that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm uh, I'm that I'm that guy. I'm that. You guy. are that guy. Um, I love that. I do yeah. it too. Not even gonna lie. Yeah, like, I love it. You have all this doubt and this fear, but once you finally, let's go back to the arena, once you finally go in yeah. it and you kill it, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me even more about like how you felt after like, you know, even with this different mindset of like from before you had this negative self-talk, but even this this talk that you did this past week, like, you know, like I'm going to do a good job. Like, how did you even feel afterwards? of like knowing that you did a good job, knowing that you were going to do a do- good job and then you did a good job. Like how was that feeling compared to even before? Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I can put it to words, but mm. I was so proud of myself, like so mm-hmm. proud of myself. Like it really felt as if I was meant to be there and meant to be doing this type of work where mm-hmm. I speak publicly often, again, don't particularly like it, but I do it mm-hmm. often but I'm not doing it with joy. When I walked Mm. off that stage, I was smiling. I was up there, Jonathan, speaking to union workers, just joking. I threw in, oh, you know, and da-da-da-da-da. And it was like we were old friends. I felt so comfortable. But one of the tricks was it was their energy. 
and it was their enthusiasm. Mm. I showed up yeah. early and they were chanting and hooting and hollering. And <laughs> every time someone said anything, they were standing up and giving applause. And then that's not necessarily my style. I was presenting for 60 minutes with a 30 minute Q and A. And mm. right as I was going up there, I thought, I'm not going to be the person who's like, are you ready to fight? Like, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Just leading this battle cry, like, let's go. <laughs> are you ready to rumble? You know, like. <laughs> like that's so funny. <laughs> it really is. Like, that's not me. And I kept thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, this is what gets them excited. I'm just going to be myself and present in an engaging, energetic way and use real life examples that they can relate to. And mm. I kid you not, every step of the way, they were like leaning to take pictures of my slides. People were clapping, smiling. I'd look across the stage and I'd see people of color who were like nodding and giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> Yes, I love like, that. I felt I love so supported. But then afterwards, mm. many people started raising their hands for Q&A. And many of the women in the room stood up and just acknowledged my presence in this space that was primarily mm. male dominated. And yep. just kind of, you know, congratulated me and showed support. But then some of the people who had questions that weren't necessarily... I won't say it, it wasn't positive, but it was more so I don't really understand what you're saying in relation to this or how mm. can I relate this to my job. So the ones who are mm. more so doubters, they did so yeah. in such a kind, respectful way where I was able to explain it. And then afterwards, they were coming up, giving me their business cards, wanting to discuss this more. And so when you're in a room and in a space where people are encouraging and active learners, obviously it changes the game. And I, I, I felt Absolutely. that energy. Um, and so the trick for me will be to do this in a space, not that I want to bring this into my world or my aura, but mm -hmm. to do it in a space where perhaps I'm not treated the same and see how I react and respond. That is the real test. If you're still mm -hmm. willing to do it again, if you're still willing to get back and do it again after perhaps you don't receive the warm welcome and greeting, I mean, that's when you know you're really ready. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I love all that. Like that, that just like, it really does something for you when they're like the engagement of the audience. Cause I, I think I, man, I haven't done a, in-person talk in a minute in a minute my first like even my last one. job we're... that was literally my oh, first really? in-person oh my one. gosh come on yeah see like it's just you see the smile on my face i just like miss the engine <laughs> yeah it's just like i miss the energy from the room it's just like it does something to you um because like it's it's really hard to like get that same energy off of a you know through zoom or whatever other thing but like i i love that they were like engaging with you and asking questions and, and there's a difference between like somebody who's just like i disagree with everything you're saying and i'm going to spend my two minutes asking quote unquote a question but really just pointing out all the areas that like you're wrong compared to a person like genuinely listen i don't necessarily agree with this but i'm curious on like how this relates here here and here and like that's a dialogue at that let point. me tell you, know you jonathan saying? one of my favorite parts about the q a Someone stood up and he said, you know, thank you, Dr. Cherry. I really appreciate this. But I want you to be mindful 
of when you get to the part where you're talking about values, it might not relate the same to um, people who are neurodivergent. And he said, mm, mm, mm. we understand and comprehend things a little bit differently. And so just be mindful that your approach might need to adjust to be inclusive to all audiences. I had never heard mm. that before, never even thought about it, mm. but obvious, not obviously, inclusivity is important to me. And I do want to ensure yeah. that I'm being inclusive. So my response was, you should have seen many people kind of looked and was like, what, what does that mean? Um, mm -hmm. You know, people were kind of questioning this person and what they were saying to me. And I said, no, thank you. This is such a learning Seriously. moment for me, for all of us. And I asked for him to email me and send me some resources, which he did immediately. And just being humble and knowing that we're learning and growing too. And so the next time I do this presentation or a different one, I'm going to be thinking with a new lens because this person had the courage to educate me publicly. Listen, and, and that's, that's a game changing moment. I'm like, that's such valuable feedback. Like that one, like not, it wasn't even a challenge. It was just like, Hey, FYI, yeah. you know, um, for this, that like changes, you know, the trajectory of every talk and like creates a positive you know, interaction or impact or, or experience for so many people after them. So it's just like, thank seriously, thank you for sharing that. Cause there's some people that have walked away from that and just like complained about it or had gave that feedback, you know, in like some survey they received, you know, and you probably maybe or maybe not received that feedback later on. But like to have the honestly you said it, to have the courage to share that, you know, in front of everyone and then actually follow up and do the and do that. It's like incredible amount of courage. Like Seriously, I can send. Oh my I gosh. can share those resources with you. <laughs> can you please? I would love to. to yeah, see those. and Seriously, even please. the terminology is new for me. I've mm. seen it around a lot over the last six plus months, but mm -hmm. it's new to me, and so I don't even yeah. know if I used it correctly in terms of saying neurodivergent people. But I'm willing to learn, mm -hmm. and I'm willing to grow, which is what we're all doing. At, whether we're an entrepreneur or not, we need to be willing to learn and grow. And entrepreneurship mm -hmm. is a lot of learning. I would love those those resources. I'm thinking back to like a um, a inquiry call that I had for like a company, and I was they were asking about like speaking and stuff like that. Um, and I was talking about like yeah, I've done like presentations, I had videos, all this other stuff. And and she was like, sorry to interrupt. But like we have some people that are neurodivergent, and so like videos actually would not be helpful. So how would you do that? How would you work with those folks um, on presenting this information? And I gotta be honest, I didn't have anything. Like I was like, thank you so much for pointing that out. Um, I uh, will do some more research and everything like that. And they're on a time crunch, so they don't have they they can't wait. And so like I'm just like you know like I'm probably not the right person. You know what I'm saying? And and I I appreciate that feedback. And I have to like adjust. Like I my my heart and passion is to be inclusive and. And there's so many people like they don't have to share um, to the company or anything like that of of that neurodivergence, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, but how can we be proactive in our efforts, in our speaking, in our work um, for those folks? Um, if our goal obviously is to be inclusive and everything like that. So, um, yeah, that just reminds me of that. And I'm like a little bit of like I just felt like pretty embarrassed about that. But like you don't know what you don't know um, again. And so like how it's not what you it's how you go go forward, right? How do you move forward? 
um, with the information you get. So, yeah. No, that's that's really cool. I've had a couple really of those cool. moments where an opportunity comes and it's perhaps a company you want to work for or it's just a good opportunity. But they want you yes, to do something yes. that's not necessarily your skill set or you're not mm. well-versed enough yet to do the best job, but you still want it. Mm-hmm. And I've had to really weigh the pros and cons of, is it my time to take this or to go after this? Or do I need to do a little bit more work over here to fully make sure that I know what I'm doing and talking about before I even put myself in this arena? And sometimes it's, I'm going to learn as I prep and just do it. And sometimes you have to humble yourself and say, I'm not there yet. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to watch these TED Talks and YouTube videos, and then I'll circle back mm-hmm. around. Absolutely. And then, you know, that abundance versus scarcity mindset, you just got to like, hey, there are plenty of opportunities that are going to come. Like, you know, sometimes somebody's just better equipped to do that. And sometimes, hey, I got the skills to figure this thing out. And just like recognizing where which one um, where, where do you land on those things? I, I feel that so much. Um, we've talked a ton about like entrepreneurship. We talked a ton about like the lessons that we're learning. I'm curious for you, um, like you mentioned that you were an executive before, how has like those lessons that you, as an executive, like kind of, you know, played into, or if they have at all, like your role now as like an entrepreneur and as you're, you're building your own thing. Oh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm still a nonprofit executive. And one of these things that I've learned with starting my own business and running my own business is basically that I already have the skills. This isn't completely new. Me running mm-hmm. someone else's business is still me running a business. And when I first started my business, I was just like, I don't know what to do. This is new. And it's is that true? Is that really true? You've been running this mm. nonprofit, and while it's different, there's many things that are the same and many things that you can apply over here to this new venture. You still have a network. How can you use your network to benefit you and to grow? You market for the nonprofit. What have you learned in terms of growing the reach and the audience of the nonprofit that you can use to? grow your brand, um, one, as a coach consultant, but also your business's brand. And so once I kind of took time to reflect, I realized that all of those skills were transferable and could be applied to my business. One of the biggest things I've had to also learn is the importance of just showing up and taking space, where starting off as a new coach, I oftentimes would say, I'm a new coach. I just started coaching. But again, I've had my master's in social work for 15 years. I started off as a clinician doing direct practice. I have had my doctorate degree for two years. I've been a nonprofit executive for almost nine years. You're not new to coaching, so stop saying that. You're almost limiting yourself by saying that. And Mm. so once I Mm. reframed and, again, went from that scarcity to abundance mindset, I shifted the way that I was thinking. Other things that I've learned is if I want this business to really prosper and do well, then I need to put in the work. I can't Mm -hmm. just be, you know, on the couch sitting in, you know, I hope I get some clients. Like I really need to do the work. And for me right now, it means handling all of my marketing myself, 
figuring out how to use Canva, figuring out how to use scheduling apps, um, handling all of my project management, trying to be timely with my emails, making sure that every time I meet with a client that I'm showing up at my best to the best of my ability. Granted, things go on, but this is a business and I need to treat it with love, care, but I also need to treat myself with love, attention, and care. And so I still fortunately have a job, which I still need to do and I need to do well. And then I'm also running this business. So self-care, well-being, all the things I'm talking to my clients about, I have to make sure that I'm actually practicing it. Otherwise, my business isn't going to survive and a nonprofit Mm -hmm. isn't going to survive. So that's saying a lot, but it's basically, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's another word. Um, but cause like it, it could very well like either or, right? Like, you know, if you got to tend to the garden, you got to tend to, to this work because it could very well, like, I just remember when I was first starting out, I'm like, all right, like they're just going to come to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, like for real, like just, they'll just come, right? And I'm wondering, like, why aren't they coming to me? Like, why aren't I getting clients? Like, what's going on? And it's just like, oh, okay, like you know, I uh, I didn't do any social media for like the past month and a half. Like, that's probably why. Or like, I haven't told anybody that I'm coaching. Like, I literally kept it to myself that like I'm a certified coach for like months, like months. And I've been like doing some like form of like mentoring coaching for 10 plus years. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like you can do this, like stop in same, same language. Like stop saying you're new. Stop saying, stop qualifying like all your stuff. Like show up, bro. Take space. You got it. Um, Here's another one. Yes. Everyone isn't for you. And so Mm -mm. when I first started interviewing with clients, they're interviewing me for fit. I forgot to remember I was also interviewing them for fit. And so the Mm. reality is this is kind of like a dating process where someone may see you, someone may see me and they want to meet and they want to talk about, you know, engaging in a coaching relationship. And then for some reason they decide that you're not the best fit for them. Jonathan, I would get my feelings hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare you? I am perfect. <laughs> That's what you were telling yourself? For me, it was... That's what I was telling myself. That's what I was telling <laughs> For myself. For me, I was more so, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. What didn't I say? How come they mm-hmm. didn't choose me? Or the worst was, if they wanted to choose you, but they weren't able to pay your rates, how do you decide? And for me at first, mm-hmm. I was, I really want clients. So even though this isn't my rate, sure, okay. Mm-hmm. And had beautiful, wonderful relationships because of it. But if you're yeah. also trying to grow a business, you have to understand your worth and understand that those who are willing to pay your rate will eventually come. And so that's also, yeah. whether it's trusting God, trusting the universe, trusting yourself, that's also mm-hmm. part of it. And that's something that I'm still learning. I'm definitely better at it. But at first I was Mm -hmm. like, wait, you don't want to work with me? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I I had that like, you know, I did everything I did. I I mean, I'm perfect. I prepped. I did all my work. If you don't work with me, 
it's on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, get you, leave. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not true. Like, literally, I got to remind myself every day. And just like you said, it's just like, the people that are going to work with you that like fit with what you're saying is it, it, they'll come, they'll, they'll show up, you know, it's, you know, it, not every person is right for you. And every, if every person is right for you, then some, at that point I would start to question myself. Like if I'm fitting with every single body, every single body that's coming to me, there's something wrong Then I'm not showing up as my authentic self. I'm not showing up um, being genuine to these people because like not every single person that comes to me should be like the perfect fit like should be the perfect fit yeah even my like great clients i'm like um they're still like we miss each other and we have to like communicate and connect and like clarify and all that other stuff so um yeah so many learning so many learning things things. yeah oh my god i wrote a blog i think it was last month sorry to cut you off i wrote a blog that was titled entrepreneurship is like hiking i read it you read it did you like it though i read it i read this I was, it was good. It was really good because it was so, so, so true. (laughs) So, so true. And I wrote it like I was literally on a hiking trail, huffing and puffing and just like, this sucks. Mm. Like, I don't know. But then there's that stubborn part of me where I'm like, I have been out here for hours. So I have to get to the top. I'm not turning Mm. around after coming this far. But the reality was I had to stop for a couple of breaks. I had to stop to drink mm. water. I had to stop yep. to breathe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I eventually got to the top. And again, that same pride, the pride that I felt when I was on the stage, I mean, it, it came in between huffing and puffing for dear life, but I was so proud of myself. And mm-hmm. I literally had this epiphany. I was like, entrepreneurship is like hiking yep she's it's like i've done this before i don't know exactly no that's incredible because entrepreneurship is like this is this um roller coaster of emotion just like of you know your self-worth and like what you're building and like you're having these super highs and everything's going well and this month was dope and like this month is really low oh my gosh turnout was not that great oh i got like 15 new email subscribers all these different (laughs) don't you love those (laughs) moments (laughs) yes it's just like yeah but um but not yeah but again it's, it's like those if you can take those moments of just like rest and like even like man i'm exhausted moments of of like learning and growing and all that stuff of like just knowing that you know taking as a journey and not necessarily a sprint um it makes it a lot easier um i guess enjoyable i don't know <laughs> I, guess. I don't know about enjoyable, oh, yeah, enjoyable. yet i love it i yeah. don't en- okay all right well, at least for me where i like it okay <laughs> okay 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 like i'm okay. not going to lie i like it but mm-hmm. i don't enjoy it And so I'm Mm. getting to the point where I mentioned marketing before I was, Mm. oh my gosh, I need to have two to three different pieces that went out every single day with this compelling message and all these hashtags. The -hmm. first day that I didn't have one, I felt so guilty and I felt like it really, really was going to matter and impact everything that I had built to this point. And then I realized nobody cares. Nobody even noticed. And so then the next Mm -hmm. day when I felt like it, I did three posts. And 
just realizing that if you're not giving yourself grace, you're screwing yourself in the process. Nobody Mm -hmm. else Mm -hmm. is paying as close attention as you. And so if you don't send out a newsletter this month, more than likely, we all receive so much email anyways. Nobody even noticed. If you don't have a podcast out every week, I mean, Jonathan, we will notice and we will judge you. So make sure you be ready with the content. <laughs> Actually, some people were judging me. Yo. <laughs> so the rules but don't yeah, apply yeah. to you. But I mean, <laughs> but all jokes aside, I'm pretty yep. sure if you had a little break, you're going to get the energy and you're going to have the opportunity to really be creative, to really innovate and come back with even Mm -hmm. more fire. But if you're doing this, if I'm doing this and we're just completely burnt out, it's going to be lackluster. It's not going to be the same. Some people might like Mm -hmm. it, you know, for support because they're our friends and family, but other people are going to be like, dang, Jonathan's quality just really went down. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's so true. Oh my gosh. Well, Kia, I have kept you long enough. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared with us um, on RTWD. You are incredible. And all the work that you do is like so, so incredible. But what I would love to do, I don't want to like, you know, keep all of your work and all that cool stuff that you're doing to myself. I want to give you an opportunity to share where can folks find you if they're interested in working with you, have you as a speaker, um, get more in contact with the work that you're doing. How can how can folks find find you? If interested, you can find me at www.lakeacherry.com. L-A-K-E-Y-A-C-H-E-R-R-Y.com. And beyond that, thank you, Jonathan. Absolutely. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas. Additional production helped by the incomparable Lindsay Dumas with music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Till next time, y'all. Peace.